This amazing experience is a place where you too can connect, discover, grow, and leave for God here at Common Bond Church. Are you ready to hear the word of God? I am ready to declare it. Today, our message is a supernatural life where God shows up and does more than we could ever imagine. So I am ready for us to actually hear that message. But before we do so, we'll hear one more song by Candace Harden. So let's worship with her and then we'll hear the message, a supernatural life. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you have been changed since God has come into your life? If that's you right where you are, go ahead and stand up. Can we go to God in worship and just let him know, Lord, we won't go back to that life we used to live, to the way we used to live. We're going to move forward in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I've been changed and healed, healed and free, delivered. And so much peace Oh, your grace And favor Soon I've been changed And healed Set free Thank you for the grace and your favor.
let's get immediately into the word of God. I'm going to be reading from Romans chapter 8 and verses 1 through 11. So if you have your Bibles, get there with me so we can actually read them together. In verse 1 of Romans chapter 8, the word of God says these words to you and I. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to their flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law, indeed it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot even please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if you belong to Christ, Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who actually dwells in you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for that word. Uh, thank you for what it will mean to our life when we receive it and hear it. And for many of us, Lord, who have actually already heard that word in our life and it's been life changing. Lord, let these words now refresh us, uh, be poured down over our head, uh, be rejuvenated in our heart like a pacemaker. Lord, let it give us life today. Uh, let it uh, do exactly what it was sent to do, which was to allow us to live by your spirit, not by the flesh that dominates this world. And so, Lord, I'm excited to share this message, but I ask that you endue me with tremendous power, that your grace go through me, that your anointing covers me and covers my lips and proclaims what you desire for us to know and to hear and to uh, live by today. Lord, let every heart receive this word that you have for us so that we can live this powerful life that you desire us to live in this world. And so, Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor, and we'll come back praising you even more because you have accomplished what you have sent to do with this word today. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. I wanted to let you know that about three years ago, I remember a time where I walked out of the apartment that we actually lived in, walked around the neighborhood, and I began to pray, for, pray to God. That was part of my daily routine. Every single morning, I would actually get up, pray to God, pray about my life, uh, pray about my own uh, walk with God, pray about my family, my wife. I would pray about our community, our church, and all the things that God actually wanted to do in this world. And as I was praying this day, I remember that I was walking in the neighborhood and I began to walk past this building uh, that the city owned. It was called the Clayton House. And as I walked past this building, you know, in my spirit, I knew that God was saying, this is the next place that you all should actually use to actually worship on Sunday mornings. Now, I'd heard before that the city doesn't allow churches to actually worship or gather in any of their buildings. So I knew that it was a long shot, but the spirit of God was actually telling me something. So I decided to actually walk by faith. And as I walked by faith and actually reached out to the individual that was responsible for that building, we met, we gathered, we talked. And she said these words that affirmed everything that I'm saying to you. He said, she said these words. The city doesn't usually let churches actually use their property, but the Holy Spirit is telling me something different. The Holy Spirit is telling me that you got the right spirit. And so we're going to let you actually use that building. And so for those who have been with Common Bond Church, you can remember the Clayton House. You remember the good times that we had there. But it was only available because God actually opened up the door. God actually made something was that was available to us that should not have normally been available to churches. You know, and we actually had a great season there. Uh, so much so as the season, as it began to close, you know, I didn't really want that to close, but that was what God was actually doing. You know, the pandemic hit and now go, God opened up another door. 
He led us to actually begin to use virtual platforms, Zoom, YouTube, Facebook, to proclaim the word of God, you know, on the internet. And that's been a beautiful season. And God's even going to do even more stuff as he gathers us back together. So I'm excited about what God has done. And as we actually closed that season at the Clayton House, again, God opened up more doors. And in my own personal life, I was able to once again focus on my personal finances. I was able to start investing again. I was able to uh, walk into the streams of financial blessing that God has for all of us. And uh, that was such a, a beautiful blessing and a beautiful season. You know, I'm sharing all these words to you today. Because I believe that God actually wants all of us to live what's described as a supernatural life. And I want you to understand the words that I'm saying by supernatural. I mean anything that is outside the realms of natural reality. You know, things that we don't always typically see. Because what we live by a supernatural life, we are living by the Spirit of God. We're living outside the realm of what this world actually provides for us. God opens up doors. He shuts doors. He provides things for us that we didn't know that were available to us. And so today's message is what I want to share with us, getting us back to this place or even proclaiming and declaring us to walk into a newness that you may never, never have walked in before. And that is living not only as being declared <laughs> the righteous of God and waiting for heaven, but understanding how to walk by the spirit of God and living as the people who God actually called us to live by. And so I'm excited to share that message. And we're going to immediately go into the scriptures. And I want to first go up to verse one. You got to start there. <laughs> you got to start at verse one because you got to understand how this process works. Because sometimes when we think about this supernatural, this blessing of God, that's all we want. You know, that's all we actually declare and understand that God can actually do great things. But I want to start at the meat of it. I want to start at the heart of what God actually wants us to know first before we can even understand his blessings. He says in verse one that there is therefore now no condemnation, <laughs> no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. You know what that is simply stated and, and declared to you and I is the doctrine we call justification. That if you and I believe that Christ Jesus came in this world to actually die for our sins and we believe by faith, everything that we've done in the past, everything that we do in the present, everything wrong against God that we'll do in the future is now forever abolished. It's forever declared null and void because God says, by faith, I sent my son to actually die for your sins. Now, many people understand that to be the doctrine of justification and have grabbed hold of it for their life. But I also wanted to share with you that God says, don't ever just stop there. Don't ever just believe that you've been declared free and you'll have a free pass for all of eternity. But he says in verse three that what the law could not do weakened by the flesh, God has done. By sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. You know, I'd explain that again. And then here, here's what he says in verse four, in order. <laughs> he said he did all that stuff of justification in order for this now next step. This next step in verse four actually says it this way. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be filled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. God did all those things because he intended us to actually walk by what's called the spirit and not actually walk by the flesh. So let's understand what God is actually saying when he said walk by the spirit and not actually walk by the flesh. When you think about the word spirit, you know, you think about anything that means uh, a world that we can't actually physically see a world that we can't physically understand. You know, that's actually what it means to be spirit. You know, it means something that is outside the realm of the natural world. And that's why I'm describing this message, a supernatural life, because it's outside the realm of what we can actually see every single day. The flesh is simply described as anything that we actually experience in this natural world. Anything that we can actually see, anything that we can actually taste, anything that we can smell, we can hear, uh, anything that we can feel. That's our five senses. You know, that's the natural world. God says, I don't want you to actually to live by any of those things. I actually want you to live by what's something different, live outside this realm. And just to remind you, we've only seen an expression of God one time. And that was Jesus Christ in the flesh. 
outside of all of that reality, God has always been spirit where no man has actually seen God or understood God in a tangible form. And God said, that's what I want you to live by. I want you to live by what I can say, what I can do, what I can be outside of the physical world that you can actually live by. Okay. I'm getting a little bit too fast and, and moving a little bit too far because I want to read what the scriptures actually say to us in verse five. Here's the words of that. God has actually given to us verse five for those who actually live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, set their minds on the things of the spirit. All right. Now this is where it starts to get good because in verse five, God is saying, you know, you can actually, understand that I'm actually trying to do something to you, you know, and that's what he's trying to do because, you know, when you understand what we've talked about earlier before about what's called the doctrine of justification, you know, I'm not saying anything new to anybody that claims that they're a Christian, you know, anybody that claims that they're a Christian will understand that God has brought new promises in their life. But God always says, don't just stop there. I want to repeat that so many times today. Don't stop there, but set your mind on something different. Don't set your mind on things of that actually revolve around this natural world. I want you to set your mind on things that revolve around the set, uh, of the supernatural world. Verse five, I'm going to read it one more time. For those who actually live according to the flesh, set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who actually live according to the spirit set their mind on the things of the spirit and to set your mind just means what you focus on every day. And, uh, you know, what, what, what is your mind on this week? You know, what are those things that actually had most of your attention? You know, if you think about, you know, anybody that actually is, for example, into fitness, you know, I'm sure they set their mind on fitness and eventually you start to see the results when they actually set their mind on fitness. The body changes, the diet changes, you know, the things that they actually um, use for nutrition, you know, begin to be shaped differently because your mind is focused on something uh, that it was never focused on before. And that's when you start to see results. And that's when you look at verse five, God is saying to you and to saying to, to us, to really understand that whatever you set your mind on, that's the thing that you're actually living by. And that's the thing that's going to result in your life. And so God is saying, you know, profoundly to you and I, don't set your mind on the things of the flesh. Let me explain why. Verse six, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. In verse seven, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not even submit to God's law, law nor can it be. I want to uh, say this word. Let me give you an illustration. Let me, let me give you an illustration. There was a man that once actually said that if you ever are actually in debt, if you want to get out of debt, the very first thing that you got to do is stop thinking about debt. <laughs> you know, stop actually putting your mind and, and your focus and your energy on it. Because when you focus your mind and your energy on something that is negative, something that is hard, something that is weighty, something that is difficult, it just begins to pour all over you. And that's all you can actually think about. And you become trapped by it. Does that make any sense? You know, whatever, if you focus on negativity all day long, all you're going to do is produce negativity in your life. And so God actually says it from his own word here. It says those who actually set their mind on the flesh will actually produce what's called death. And that's what it says in verse six for to set your mind on the flesh is death, but to set your mind on the spirit is life and peace. Think about it from this way. You know, every single day, whether or not we actually realize it or not, we are living in a world that is just trying to preserve death. You know, think about what I just said. Every single day, we're just trying to preserve something that's called death. You know, I've got plants in my office, live plants. And I know that if I don't water them, if I don't give them sunlight, if I don't put them in the right environment, they're going to do what? They're going to die. You know, when actually uh, use our, when we use our refrigerators, you know, when we actually go to the market, go to the grocery store, you know, we buy fresh produce. And if we don't actually eat that produce real soon or freeze it, it's going to rot. It's going to decay because those animals and those vegetables and that produce is actually already dead. And all we're trying to do is just preserve a little bit of life so that it actually can take care of our body. You know, our bodies itself, you know, whether or not we want to think about it or realize it or not, you know, once we get born, we may grow a little bit, but we're on the pathway to death. 
you know, the, the body actually begins to break down. You know, the body is not always healthy. We have doctors, we have medicine, because we're trying to preserve something that is already dying. That's what God actually means when you actually set your mind on what's described as the flesh. You know, in John chapter 6, verse 63, you know, Jesus Christ said these beautiful words that I want us to see on, on the screen and actually hear with our own eyes. So if you have your Bibles, turn to really real quickly. I want you to see what Jesus Christ even said about the flesh. John chapter 6, verse 63. He says that it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing at all. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. He's getting that contrast between the flesh and the spirit. And again, the flesh is defined as this. Anything that is revolved around this natural world, anything that, that we use with our physical senses, anything that you can touch, anything that you can see, anything that you can hear, you know, all of those things that are in this physical world, God is saying to you and saying to us, they don't produce life. The thing that actually produces life is my spirit. And God says, I want you to think about a way where you actually learn how to stop thinking about the things that actually are focused on this world and start focusing on the things that are supernatural. Start focusing on the things that actually produce life. And my words actually produce life. My words and reality are the things that actually what I want you to focus on. And so God says to you and to you and I, when we want to begin to make that shift, and this is where it gets, where it gets good to me. When we want to start to make that shift from going from people who actually are just declared as Christians and to now the people who actually want to be the righteousness of God, want to be moving to the pathway where we describe the sanctification, your mindset has to change. You got to set your mind actually on something different, something that is actually uh, part of the supernatural world of God. But here's our problem. <laughs> our problem is, is that most of us you know, fit this camp where we continue to be Christian, but we still actually live by our five senses. You know, we still live by everything that resolves around the world. And I want to say it to you this way. I want to put myself out there always to let you know how this impacts me. You know, I would love to always be in control of what's going on in my life. And I would love to always know uh, what's going to happen every single day beforehand so I can actually plan for it. But when you actually think about it, that's actually walking by my flesh. That's walking by the way that I think, walking by what I can see, walking by what I can hear, walking by all the things that I can feel. And God's saying to you and he's saying to me, that's not how I designed you to live. I want you to design to live by something that's outside of what you can actually see every single day. I want you to live by what's described as the spirit. And so that's where we get into this camp is if you can think about your own life today, do you experience some of the same things that I'm experiencing? You know, do you actually start to focus on the things that are negative in this world more than the things that are actually supernatural in this world? When you actually get sick, do you start to focus more on your sickness than you actually do on the healing that God has available for you? When you actually think about the debt that you have in this world, are you focusing on that all the time instead of realizing that God actually declares to you and declares to us? through his word that he may actually have something better for you and actually have for me. You know, that's why I think that God actually wants us to actually think about living life in a new way. You know, that's why he has actually given us this passage, given us these scriptures to teach us that there is a new way to live if you are declared the righteousness of God by justification. If you believe that Jesus Christ died, was buried and was rose again from the dead, I want you now to live what's called the spiritual life. I want you to live what's now called the supernatural life. How do we actually do that? <laughs> and how do we actually take those next steps and begin to be something new and different than God actually wants us to be? Amen. Go with me to verse seven. In verse seven, the word of God says, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, nor does it submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those in the flesh cannot actually please God. You know, think about this. You know, I love this word in verse seven, where it says hostile to God. You know, the very first time that I heard this was probably in the King James Version. And I remember the word enmity. You know, enmity actually means the opposite. It means that it's again. It doesn't have like the emotional kick that hostility has. And I kind of like the enmity better. So if I read it in that translation, it says, for the mind that is set on the flesh is an enmity to God or is opposite of God. Meaning that 
you can't actually think like God if you actually are just using your own mind. You can't actually think like God if you're just looking at the plans that are available in this world. God says that that is against God and is even against his law. God says that it has to be something different if you want to approach and engage in my thoughts and my ways and, and the way that I actually do business. You know, that's why I wanted you to, to hear that story about what we were actually doing three years ago. Because if, if you can hear that story again with fresh eyes based on the scripture now that we are reading, you will hear how, you know, God actually wanted me and wanted our community to actually experience something and receive something that the natural world said that we had no business receiving. You know, but we can only receive that when you actually hear that God says, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to step in. It doesn't matter what they say in the natural world. I've still got a way to open up doors and to close doors that are available for you. That's why we pray the prayer in Revelation chapter three, verses seven and eight, that God is able to open up doors that no man can actually shut. And God is able to close doors that no man is actually able to open because God wants us to understand that he is bigger. He is mightier than anything that you and I could actually experience in this world. I want to exalt Jesus Christ for a minute because I want us to recognize when we actually say that we love Christ Jesus and we recognize that he's the savior for our life, we are believing that God has resurrection power. You know, he is able to actually cause this world that is always dying, always in decay to have something that is supernatural, which is called resurrection. And we believe in that. But God says, take it a step further. Not only believe that that resurrection power happens when you physically die, but believe that there is something supernatural that you can experience every single day because I am supernatural. You know, that's what God actually wants us to believe and actually wants us to say today. Well, you may be asking me, oh, pastor, you know, I know some of the things that you're actually saying and I want to move in that direction, but I'm not quite sure how I'm able to do that. Well, today I wanted to, to, to help us to understand how do we set our mind on the spirit and how do we move into that new kind of pathway where every single day we are experiencing something good in God? Because here's what I, I, I want to say, say is the kicker. <laughs> You know, we've got to understand that every single day, the flesh actually speaks to us. You know, every single day we are seeing something that draws our attention. Every single day we are hearing something that draws our attention. You know, every single day we are involved around an environment that actually takes the focus of our life off of what God actually wants us to place our focus on. So the very first thing that we've got to do is recognize that we've got to set our mind We've got to focus on the things that God wants us to set our mind on. And that's why I mentioned before, you know, that, that God had a beautiful season for me in my life that I would able just to get up every single morning and just start to set my mind on God. You know, that's called prayer. You know, set your mind on God where you'll be able to, to say and declare to God, God, what do you want to do in my life today? Lord, I want to actually declare your scriptures over my life because that's what I want to set my mind on today. I got some good, really good practical examples that I actually want to share with you. But I first want to say that the spirit world of actually setting your mind on God's supernatural ability starts in prayer. It actually starts when we begin to focus on what we are seeing in God's realm, not in what we actually see in our realm. And that's what prayer is. Prayer is not about anything that goes on in this realm. That is what we can see every single day. Prayer is about engaging in the spiritual world that God actually has available to us. And when we read John chapter six, verse 63, if we have that, we can put that up one more time again. Because I want to see, show you a second component of actually what it actually means to be spirit. In John chapter 6, verse 63, God says, my words are spirit and they are life. You know, so that's the second component is that we want to make sure that we are actually reading and hearing the word of God every single day because it enables us to be able to see something, to hear something, to believe something that is different than what this world is actually providing for us. God says, I need you to engage in a different world, a different reality. And if you know anything about the Bible, man, it is, it is beyond supernatural. You know, it starts with us understanding that God himself created the world by his breath. You know, it begins by God saying, I just spoke a word and the world was, you know, there are the testimonies of Noah, 
There's a testimony of Moses splitting the Red Sea. You know, it ends with Jesus Christ actually being raised from the dead. Then you got the apostles who actually are doing miracles after miracles because the Bible is supposed to give us this understanding that I am a supernatural God and I want you to live in a supernatural world. But every now and again, we get caught up in this reality that's called everyday life. And everyday life is not a supernatural world. Everyday life is filled with struggle. Everyday life is filled with difficulty. Everyday life is actually filled with death. Everyday life is filled with hardship. And if we focus too much on those difficulties, those hardships, that death, those, this way of the world, we'll never actually experience the supernatural that God actually has for us. So God says, the very first thing I need you to do, if you actually want to live a supernatural life, is live by the Spirit. Get in a, uh, an environment of prayer. Hear my word. And when I start to say about hear my word and re read my word, God actually says, also now meditate my word. Meditate it on it consistently. And I've got some good examples of what it actually means to meditate my word. But I wanted to just to throw it out there first before we get to the practical applications. But God means meditate on the word and not from a non-Christian perspective. Meditating on God's word means I want to take a scripture I'm going to read it in my head. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to ponder it. I'm going to let it absorb my life. I'm going to see how can I can actually make this true in my own personal life. That's all it means to be meditating God's word. It's not a new age type of reality. It's not Eastern philosophy. It's being able to take God's word and just let it marinate over and over in you so that it becomes true to who you are. The fourth thing that I think that happens when we actually live life in the spirit so that we experience a supernatural life is we have what's called revelation. God begins to share with us and say things to us that we didn't come up in our own mind. You know, the word of God uh, begins to speak to us and show us how to apply it in our personal life. The spirit of God begins to tell us how to move left and right and to do things that we didn't even know that we actually should be doing. I want to remind you of many stories that I have again, again, over and over again about the spirit of God just providing revelation. You know, I didn't come up with the idea of using that facility. The spirit of God did. Revelation did. God said that this is what you now should be doing. And every single day, we all should be having those experiences if we actually learn to actually engage in the spirit. And so, again, I want to repeat it so that we have it. You know, to live in the spirit means to pray. Prayer is a way that we actually get outside the confines of this world and actually engage in the spiritual world. We begin to ask God uh, to be able to pour down in our life, to be able to show us the things that he actually cared for, uh, to confess our sin before God, to have this personal relationship that is so vital and so necessary. John chapter 6, verse 63 says, the word is spirit and it is life. You know, that's where we actually get out of the systems of this world the words of this world and hear something that's supernatural. Remind yourself over and over again, just how supernatural the Bible is and uh, hear the stories of Noah again, hear the stories of uh, God actually splitting the Red Sea, doing miracle after miracle, hear those stories so that you can actually see that that's the kind of God that you serve and remind yourself that Jesus Christ himself raised from the dead, which is the most supernatural thing that you and I will ever hear about, will ever experience. No one raises himself from the dead, but God can. <laughs> but God can. And that's the God that we actually serve. The third thing about living life in the spirit is that God wants us not only just to hear his word once, but meditate on it. Understand how that actually word will change your perspective and dynamic of life. Remember again, no one who actually focuses on their body for fitness and nutrition changes by just hearing one time about good things about fitness and nutrition. They learn more. You know, they focus on it. They, they find new ways to actually train their body, to discipline their body. They find new foods to actually put in their body. They set their mind on, they focus on what can actually make their body the most fit and the most precise that it actually can be. That's what it actually means to meditate on God's word over and over again. And then the fourth thing that will happen, some supernatural revelation is just going to come to you. It's going to come into your mind. It's going to come into your heart. And you may have trepidation about it because it's, it's not natural. <laughs> you didn't think about it. You know, you might have to step on a little bit of water and actually walk by faith because that's where God is actually calling you to do. He's actually calling you to actually live in a world that you can't always tangibly, physically see. And that's the beauty of what God actually desires us to do. Well, let's talk about some, some, some practical applications. You know, Pastor, how do we do this? You know, you, you showed me some 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 foundational blocks, 
but how do we actually practically put this into play? Well, I want us to think about this. When you are not feeling well, and when your body is actually aching a little bit, what is your mind set on? What are you focused on? Are you focused on that pain? Are you focused on how bad you feel? Or are you getting into the spirit world and actually focusing on what God can provide? God can provide life. You know, God can provide something different. So God is saying, I want you to set your mind not on the pain that you feel. I want you to set your mind on the promises that I actually have to actually provide healing, to provide blessing for your body. You might need to actually get in the word of God and hear, hear every single time that Jesus Christ healed somebody. You know, see that God can actually raise uh, someone who has an issue of blood, someone who has uh, had no limbs. God said, I stretched them out. He healed everyone who was deaf, blum and de deaf blind and dumb. You know, that is the supernatural power that God has available for us. And he says, if you need to uh, not focus on the things that are harmful in your life and that are hard in your life, and when your body is physically ailing, but I want you to focus now on something that is spiritual. I want you to actually to recognize that you don't see me putting harm on people. What you actually see me doing is actually providing life. That's the first thing God wants us to do. And that's why I say, don't just pray about it. Don't just ask God to actually take that from your body, but actually get into God's word, read it, meditate on it. See where Jesus Christ healed people. See where the scriptures actually call him Jehovah Rapha. Find out why that name was given to him and accounted to him and let that actually be the focus of your life. Because I promise you, Whenever you focus on anything in life, that's where the direction of your life begins to go. That's where your pathway begins to move out, whether or not that's good or whether or not that's bad. That's why God actually says to you and says to us in verse four and verse five, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, set their minds on the spirit is whatever you focus on. That's where your pathway is going. Now, think about debt. Many of us, all of us, at some point in time, will have some kind of financial issue. And God is saying to you and I, what do you do when you actually focus on debt? Like I mentioned before, one of the greatest words that I ever heard in my life when I was in debt was a man saying that the more that you actually think about debt, the more that you actually focus on debt and you'll stay in debt. If you want to get out of debt, the first thing that you actually need to do is stop thinking about it at all. Because when you stop thinking about debt, you're starting to give yourself the opportunity to get into the spirit to be actually recognize what does God actually even say about debt? And you'll see scripture where God says the borrower is serving to the lender. And God says to you that I've declared you to be the lender and not the borrower. You know, I declared you to actually to be the one who is prosperous, given to others, not the one who is actually needing to borrow and actually need from somebody else. And when you get that mindset, God says that I can shift it in your reality and begin to have you think in a new way where you begin to now focus, well, God, how can you do this in my life? You know, how will you actually allow me to be a person who is prosperous in you for your good, for your kingdom, not just for my selfish needs. I want to repeat that for your good, for your kingdom, not just for my selfish needs. And I want you to show me over and over and again, how you've actually done this for your people. God is saying again, I don't want you to set your mind on the flesh. I don't want you to set your minds on what you see, your debt, your hard things. I want you to transform into the spirit world and see how I can provide life. You know, it's just a practical application. You know, also, you know, another practical application, sometimes we think about God in a way of what he has done and what he has taken away. You know, sometimes we look at life and actually see, well, why did God do this? You know, if God is a good God, why are bad things happening in my life or to other people's life? Why not actually think about the goodness of God? You know, why not actually think about that God can actually provide a, a beautiful reality in the darkest storm? You know, Psalm chapter 30 says that weeping may endure for the night, but guess what? Joy actually comes in the morning. When I focus on that scripture, I can recognize, yeah, my hard times may be hard times, but they don't last forever. My hard times just remind me that around the corner in the morning that God is actually going to provide joy. And God actually wants me to focus on his joy more than he wants me to focus on the hard times and the experiences that I have. Now, I know that that's hard. <laughs> I know that we've been hurt. I know that we've been abused. I know that people have done things wrong to us that, that should not have ever been done. We may blame God for that, even though he wasn't the cause for it. But God says, I want you to set your mind on something different so that you can actually experience something beautiful again. You know, imagine if you and I would believe in Christ Jesus and all we focused on was death. 
You know, all we focus on was that I believe in Christ Jesus, but I know that at the end of my life, I'm going to die. What God says to you and I in first Corinthians, first Corinthians in chapters 14 and 15 is that, that without actually believing in the resurrection, there is no faith for the Christian. And so God is saying to you and I, when you actually are living as a Christian, it is actually solely based on the resurrection of Christ Jesus. That's a template. That's a model of how we're supposed to live our life. Everything as a Christian is supposed to be focused on what God is going to provide uh, from a life perspective, not what he's going to provide from a death perspective, because death he has overcome. Death, he has, he has been victorious over. He has shown you time and time again when people proclaim about Christ Jesus just what he's actually going to do in your life. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Somebody say God has something good for us today that he wants us to focus our mind on. And so what I want us to do today, I want us to think about, you know, where we've actually fallen short in our life, where we actually are, are looking at what is called the flesh of life and not the spirit of life. You know, recognize that you've got to tell God, God, I've been focused on things uh, that have not produced life that you desire. You know, God wants us to come and bring that before his throne and say, Lord, I lay this down before you today. I have not recognized that I have not received the fruit and the blessing that you desire because I've been focused on the wrong things. And again, it starts when God actually tells us there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free from, from the law of sin and death. And I want to remind us today that we are not condemned because we have thought with our mind on the flesh. But God says, I came to free you from that. I came to free you to a place where I actually want your mind to be thought on the spiritual things of life. Now, everybody's not going to think like this. <laughs> no, everybody's uh, not going to have this kind of mentality. So you want to be around people who are thinking in this kind of way. And you want to be in your word so you continue to encourage yourself when you can't get encouraged. Because I want to remind us today that I'm exalting Christ Jesus. You know, I'm exalting the fact that he's the one who actually rose over death. I'm not talking about new age. I'm not talking about the chakras. I'm not talking about the law of attraction. You know, I'm not talking about all these things that people in this world actually focus on. I'm saying that God is mightier and greater than anything that this world comes up with philosophy wise, anything that this world actually comes up with intelligence wise. But God says, I want you to step out of that kind of realm and believe in the one who actually raised from the dead and watch him show up in your life. You know, realize that in every single area, that resurrection power can show up if we can just have faith. I want to close with this last scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. Amen. Help us, Holy Spirit, you know, just exalt you and live this life that you desire us to have. I want us to, to read Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. So if you have your Bibles, just turn it real quickly. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six says these words. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who actually seek him. One of the hardest things about living a supernatural life is the fact that you actually got to step out your comfort zone. You actually got to move into a world that you don't actually see all the pieces on the on the chessboard. You can't actually plan the next steps that God actually desires. And that's one of the most difficult things that I actually experienced that I know that God wants to help me to overcome. And I believe he may want you to overcome that as well, because sometimes you can't see the next move. You can't actually see the play that you actually should uh, do in your career or in your relationship. But all you got to do is recognize that God didn't design us. He didn't call us to actually know the next steps. Instead, he says that if you're going to please me, <laughs> if you're going to please me, you actually got to walk by faith. You can't see the next step. We walk by faith, not by sight. The word of God says, God says that you can't actually see the things that are going on in your life. If you're ever going to please me. And so I want us to know that today, whatever you're going through in your life, you can't please God if you can try to figure it out yourself. You can only please God when you say, God, I don't know what next step I can take. I don't know what next step I can actually do, but I know that you have a way that is available for me if I can just place my faith in you. And that's what I want us to do. I want us to place our faith in Christ Jesus, place our faith in the God who actually resurrected from the dead and let him take control of our life. I've been reading about this man who actually wrote the prayer of Jabez and he's wrote the prayer of Jabez. He was in school 
Uh, and he found this scripture in First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10, that it talked about a man who actually prayed this small prayer. And the small prayer just simply said, Lord, bless me, bless me indeed. Uh, may your hand be upon me. Enlarge my territory. Keep me from evil so that I may not cause pain. And he prayed that prayer when he was a student. His wife and he uh, lived in this small house uh, that was actually falling apart. And he said, Lord, if you can actually bless this man, you can actually bless me. Lord, if you can actually enlarge his territory, you can actually enlarge me. Lord, if your hand can actually be on, on him, your hand can actually be on me. And he prayed that small prayer and he saw his life change for the better over and over and over again. He ended up founding a ministry. Uh, he ended up having 500 conferences a week, you know, speaking about the word of God, speaking about the blessing that God had for his life. And he would declare to you and he would declare to me that it was not of his doing. It was because he was walking by the spirit. You know, God would provide doors. God would open up doors. God would actually give him pathways that he knew that couldn't have been because of his own ability, his own reality. And uh, what I wanted to share with you about him is that he knows more about that blessing than I've ever heard anybody actually declare because God has something revelatory for him that began to just pour out in his life. I share that story with you about Bruce Wilkerson because you and I can actually live that same kind of supernatural life where we experience something that we did not know that we were actually ever capable of doing because God's spirit is actually just flowing through us. And I want you to actually believe that God wants to do that in your life, that he wants to do it in my life. And so these are the steps that we got to take today by being able to walk in the spirit of God. I want to repeat it again of some things that I actually share with you. We got to recognize that prayer is our lifeline into the spiritual world. We can't just see it as a time that we actually get up in the morning and it's the capstone and at the end of the night, it's the closing of our day. No, prayer is our relationship with God to always be engaged in him and not in the spiritual world and not in the physical world that we actually live in every single day. We also got to remind it that the word of God is spirit and the word of God is going to tell us things. It's going to show us things that this physical world is actually saying contrary to the word of God. But God wants us to believe in that world, that spiritual world that comes from his word more than we actually believe in this physical world. Then we got to meditate on that world. We got to get it deep down in us. We got to get it down in us to so mind that that's our focus. And it becomes a way that we use as a direction for our life so that we actually produce out of it. And then at the end, God's going to provide revelation for us. He's going to speak by his spirit in our heart, in our minds. He's going to move us in a direction that he desires us to be. Well, I want us all to move into that direction. That's where I'm at. And I hope that is a blessing to you. And uh, what I now want to do is if you want to actually take that step, you know, in your own life, I want us actually to pray together. I'm going to be praying for individuals who have never even heard of what's described as this spiritual life, this supernatural walk in God. But if you're also a Christian and you've actually have not taken that step or you just want to uh, receive the blessing that comes through this prayer, just pray with me as well. Let's pray together. Uh, dear Lord, thank you so much uh, for this word. We have asked you uh, to be present by your spirit. And I pray, Lord, that you have been present. I believe that you have been present. And Lord, I just want to first declare, Lord, that we believe that you have something better for us than this world can provide for us. We recognize that the, to get into this world, that we've got to trust and believe in Christ Jesus. And so today, our first prayer, Lord, is to believe that Jesus Christ came in this world for our sin and that we can believe on him that all of our sin from our past, our present, our future will forever be abolished because we believe that he died, was buried, and was raised again for the remission of our sin. And Lord, we believe that, and we know that it washes us clean, and it sets us up for the pathway to be connected to you and to live for all of eternity. The second prayer that we want to pray now, Lord, is that we want to walk in this newness of life. We want to walk in this better life that you have for us, a walk that is by the Spirit of God. And so Lord, we pray this prayer today, Lord, uh, there is now no condemnation in you. Lord, we are uh, confessing before you that we have sometimes 
And many times in our life, walk by the flesh, walk by our mind, walk by what we see, walk by what we hear, walk by all the surroundings around us. Lord, we could confess that before you and declare what your word says, that your sons and your daughters actually walk by your spirit. So today, Lord, we actually declare that we want to walk by your spirit. We believe that we walk by your spirit. And Lord, we begin to take up the mantles of actually living in that spiritual world. Lord, give us those tools, those examples that you have provided for us through prayer, through your word of reading it and hearing it, meditating on your word and, and believing that the revelation will actually come to us. Lord, as we actually do those things, uh, we believe that our life will be better for the good and our life will be changed for the good. And so if you pray that prayer, uh, what I first want to do is anyone who has actually prayed that first prayer for uh, the salvation of Christ Jesus in your life, I want to let you know that, man, you made the right decision. Uh, your life will be forever changed. And I want to help you with the next steps that God actually has for you. So go out to our website and uh, go out to commonbondchurch.org. Fill out a comment card. Let us know you actually pray that prayer. Have some resources that actually will tell you about the next steps of faith that you can actually take in your life. And if you've actually prayed that prayer as a Christian, that second prayer, you know, I want to say, man. What a sweet anointing that we can actually have. I want us to just take heed of what God is actually sharing with us so that we walk in that spirit of God. Let us just lay down some of the things in the flesh and walk in the spirit of God because God has something new and something better for us today. Amen. Well, my friends, this has been such a tremendous blessing uh, for me to actually share this Sunday service with you. I pray it's been a blessing to you. I want to leave us with one last word of benediction. May the grace of God be with us. May the mercy of God be with us. We have one true Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. Let us all go in peace. Have a great Sunday. Have a great week. Love you all. Bye-bye.